the art of bootstrapping. Basically, bootstrapping, as I was talking with Chris, uh, he asked me what bootstrapping means. There is a false um, myth that this comes from uh, the great adventure of uh, the Baron Monhausen. It's actually a 18th century terminology which was used to identify a something that is really hard to achieve, almost impossible, just like, you know, jumping over a fence by pulling yourself up from your boots straps. So what we are here today is I have the pleasure of having Chris and Katie, which are two young designers and uh, soon-to-be entrepreneurs or self-entrepreneurs, and we're going to talk about this uh, opportunity to, to use the five fundamental principles model to, to, to help them to kick off their business and try to focus even more on their activities. My name is Gianluca Cinque Palmi, you are listening to GLC Live, my podcast dedicated to business design. I'm an educator, design entrepreneur and best-selling author. In this show, I challenge designers, creatives and entrepreneurs to unravel the complexities between business and design. In this episode, entrepreneurship and the mysterious discovery of business and design. Ciao, Chris. Hello, Katie. Hey. Hi. So thank you so much for being here. And I'm so happy that that you you decided to join the show and and i'm super happy that maybe i can try to shine a light on the difficult task of um, starting up a new a new venture a new business i've done few of them some successful some unsuccessful so i will try to uh, tell you the story of the most unsuccessful ones so that you can learn from my mistake <laughs> Um, so I will start with Katie. Tell, tell me a little bit about yourself and, and where this idea of, of starting a new venture comes from. Yeah. First of all, I just want to say thank you. Um, really excited for the opportunity to kind of chat about some of these ideas and, um, learn a little bit more about kind of the direction, uh, that we're headed. Um, so I am a front-end developer. Um, I have been working with Chris, I guess, for a little over a year now. Um, we worked together previously, um, and then we've uh, had the opportunity uh, and the good fortune to, um, I guess, just know a lot of people that have freelance projects. And so we've picked up a few here and there and we started to toss out, toss around the idea of kind of coming up with like a more formal and organized way of approaching this. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So um, I, yeah, I worked with Katie a year before and then I had decided to go back to grad school um, in Hong Kong, which is where I met you. <laughs> Um, and the last year, Katie and I had been in contact. Uh, I had worked graphic design in that position before, and um, we had been in contact about 
people reaching us, reaching out to us about freelance web development jobs. And we found there is a space where we're getting reached out for so much for freelance jobs. And we found an opportunity um, to share these jobs. And we found that although we might not have the necessary skills for whatever jobs we're being approached for, going back to school and then the creative people that we knew in Charlotte, there was opportunity to help others find freelance positions and do that through our name. And we, that we think there's an interesting opportunity there of building a collective of um, creatives, freelance creatives um, that are willing to do these jobs and we can split the work. So for an example, we had an issue with um, translations for one of our sites and I knew someone that worked as a translator. So there's are some of the opportunities that we're looking to take advantage of where we can keep it in-house somewhat um, and find opportunities for our friends and, and be able to give more to the clients because we have a larger network of freelancers. That's great. Yeah, I think it also creates a really neat space for providing like autonomy for the uh, creators themselves. Um, so being able to kind of bring in work and then also decide what you're going to work on um, and what interests you Um it just seems like a really neat opportunity and a neat position that we're in currently. Yes, absolutely. So uh, we had extensive discussion with Chris and, and I believe every startup uh, faces the, the same uh, challenge, which is where to focus your effort at first. Huh? And, and I believe maybe uh, using the model can help you a little bit shape this um, this vision and uh, and try to understand what are the first steps that you need to focus on because when you are bootstrapping as we said before uh, you need to basically take care of everything right so from from the original image to starting the website to finding clients to you know setting up your bank account and and all of this drains a lot of energy and and one of the most important things that you have to do in in your initial phase is focus right you need to focus on on what matters the most not saying that you know having this amazing marketing campaign launch on on instagram is not important definitely is important but at the beginning you need to try to figure out what are the the initial most important steps that you need to take so what what are your concerns? What is your most pressing concern at the beginning? And and then I will try to give you some feedback on on the idea of the collective. Okay. Um. So we've worked with one client the last six months ish, um, and this has been the first client that's ever presented an issue in terms of client relations. In terms of, I've never had a. I've done. I've been doing freelance for six years now, and I've never had an issue with any client. Usually, they're very easy. And a lot of them are friends and family, so this one's outside of that circle. And so we've had a lot of difficulty communicating what needs to be done and why it needs to be done a certain way, and getting a lot of pushback from the client, which I know is more common in our field. But for some reason, in my freelance um, opportunities in the past, it's never been an issue. And so I think Katie and I are have had issues um, balancing the client relations side, which is not something I expected to be as much of an issue. It hasn't been finding clients and it hasn't been 
I, we, the two of us work together really well and deciding on direction, but it, right now, um, what I found is the most difficult is definitely dealing with our specific client. Okay. Katie. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think that that's, you know, it's a, it's a great, uh, issue to bring up first and foremost, cause I think it really gets to the heart of kind <laughs> of taking a step back from the creative role and having to manage client expectations is probably a bit outside of. Chris, I don't want to speak for you, but I know it's outside of my wheelhouse a little bit. Yeah. And, um, I'm sorry. And yeah, how, but... how do you manage that uh, kind of, I would call it almost like discomfort, at least for me. Um, how do you, how do you manage that while also trying to build um, a brand and, and maintain that relationship with the client because it is valuable at the end of the day. Um, and you do want to make something that both uh, people walk away from um, proud mm. of what they created together. Sure. So, um, that, and then also, um, I think in the initial phases, uh, a concern for me is, you know, you, you come up with all of these, what you feel are amazing ideas, um, about the direction that the business could go, um, and the potential that it does have and how to kind of, like you were saying, focus, but also discern between what you have the ability to execute and mm -hmm. what is just kind of a good idea. Sure. Well, Chris, you wanted to add something? Or? Oh, I was just going to say, um, coming from where we met and working in um, a startup with about 20 employees, it was a lot easier. We had a team of people to block us from the clients. And so sure. we've never had to deal with clients as often as we, we are now. Well, you know, in, in, in every agency and especially as the, the agency grow, uh, grows, um, you have what is called uh, account management. No? So you have people that are dedicated to this. And there are people that are extremely good at it. And, and then this is a never ending battle between creatives and accounts, especially when you scale up the agency. Right. And, and I can feel you 100% because for example, in, in my personal, um, experience i i believe i'm a great marketer which means i can talk to crowds and i can talk to people but i'm an horrible salesman which means that when it comes down to closing the deal or, or dealing with the the rejection i i kind of get a little bit um, unsettled especially because i i believe in the work i believe in the quality of the work a lot and so when the client starts like ah oh, you know i need a discount or um, this is not exactly what I wanted and, and, and you have to reply with like, you, you never told me what you wanted, right? Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm giving you what you need. <laughs> and um, I, there is a wonderful book that I read a long time ago. It's from this, uh, he was a... a he was a um, evangelist for Apple, and then he became a venture capitalist, venture capitalist, and uh, also quite a successful entrepreneur. And um, his name is Guy Kawasaki, 
Kawasaki, if, if you want to have a more Japanese uh, pronunciation. And um, his book is called The Art of the Start, I believe. Now there is the 2.0 version out. And and I stole the title of this podcast also from him, which was an article he wrote that it was called The Art of Bootstrapping. And, and he explains the... Uh, this simple matrix that, and, and I will uh, try to explain it to you guys. And we share this beautiful uh, image that basically is a, is a two by two matrix, right? And in this matrix, he says on, on the vertical axis, you have the ability to provide a unique product or service, right? And on the horizontal axis, on the x-axis, you have the value to the customer, right? When you face um, these conditions, these problems uh, with the customer, means that the value that they are seeing in the work that is being produced is not 100% there. And let me explain it. So according to this matrix, you know, if you have, if you are on the top left, let's say you have you know, you're, you, have, you are the only person doing something, right? But nobody wants it. Uh, and and mm-hmm. he says, you're just being stupid, right? Because if you are <laughs> saying, oh, I'm going to, you know, carve little animals out of, uh, I don't know, rice uh, grains. It's <laughs> like, <right? laughs> so, oh, it's amazing. And it costs a million dollars each. Then nobody wants that, right? Um, on the flip side which is where we are living, especially now in the creative field, where you are on the extreme bottom right, which means the value is really high. So like a website, for example, the fact that you need to have a website, let's make this example, it's really high. Everybody knows that nowadays you need to have a website or you need to have a sort of digital present but there are a gazillion people doing it, right? So in this area, you fight on price, okay? So so it's what we call the commod- commodity. When And when design became a commodity, uh, this is where our, uh, our trouble began, right? Because in the old days, design and, and at the beginning also web design was a very... A specific craft and very few people knew how to do it right so the problem was that i mean it was not a problem it was beautiful because so many so few people used to do it so the, the clients that wanted that they, they were willing to pay the price no nowadays the issue is that how do we be, how do we shift how do we go into this perfect uh, position which is up into the right which is the ability to provide a unique product or service and this product or service it's highly valuable to a client right you're following me mm-hmm. so when you are in that stage then you can charge as much as you want and the client sees so much value these are where the absolute brands are so i'm, I'm, I'm buying a louis vuitton bag right and I'm willing to pay $1,000 or $2,000, $3,000 for a plastic bag because you know, it's coated canvas, but it's still plastic, right? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I don't know if you like Katie Louis Vuitton bags, but <laughs> 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 but that's that's um, yeah yeah. So now it, it's a perception, right? And this perception. So if I don't see value, I'm going to bring it back to your specific case. And, and of course, we are going to be very politically correct. We are not going to name names. But let's say that George, which is our uh, worst client ever, right? And let's say that George is, is doing a website with you guys. So what's happening is George at one point goes into a conflict. Now, there is a conflict between, between you, the the service provider and the client right now i let's say you are a doctor right mm -hmm. so if you go to a doctor and the doctor say hey you need to replace your hip you're not going to complain by saying oh my god it's such a you know bad procedure and it's going to hurt a lot you just go through the pain right so the the key here is how are you convincing or how are you communicating to this client that the product or service that you're providing, it's actually extremely valuable. Not in absolute uh, value, but also how does this help his business? Because nowadays, and it's a true truth, um, you can do everything, right? So if I want to learn how to code, I can myself, right? Katie? Yeah, you right? definitely could. I could. Now, how long, yeah. how long is going to take me to do that? Six months, a year, two years. Now, how much do I value my time, right? That's the key. If, if I value my time a lot, than the fact of paying $1,000, $2,000, or $5,000. Somebody that will do it faster and I will have this product right away, it's, it's a cost benefit, right? So the benefit of having somebody else doing it for me is much greater. So you need to remind your clients all the time. And it's like, look, I understand that, you know, you, you can find somebody else which is cheaper, faster, or whatever. But how long is it going to take you? Can you go on Fiverr and get your website coded for $25 by somebody in Mumbai? Probably you could, or, or, or in Vietnam, or in the Philippines, or wherever, right? But how much time is going to take you to troubleshoot whatever problems you're going to encounter? So I think... Uh, we need to, in a way, um, step back, you know, uh, push away our ego a little bit and try to understand and empathize on what does the client, what is the client looking for truly? Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's not, so I think maybe just based on kind of what you're saying, part of the part of the area that we're maybe missing the mark and Chris, please correct me if you think I'm headed in the wrong direction, but it seems like we're responsible for educating the client maybe more than we have been. Um, I think that I kind of take for granted that I, I have this like assumption that maybe everyone's on the same page or 
already has this idea about the value of the product that we're providing um, and why it is valuable and how we are saving them time. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think I, I love the idea of saying like, okay, well, here's just a small reminder of that. I'm not sure how exactly to approach that without being uh, condescending. Um, so I love some feedback there, but. Yeah, um, I think coming from our work experience together, working in tech, um, I think some developers are definitely the most immune to the idea that other people aren't computer literate. And so that attitude goes on to us and in terms of the web development, we assume that our client understands why why we have to make the design decisions that we need to make. And we don't even think about having to explain some of them because they, some of them seem so rudimentary. But it is helpful when you say that. And then we're like, oh. And also to realize our client is a different age from us and they have different kinds of questions and we have to be able to empathize with them and not... Yeah, and just think about that from a different perspective. But you know, this is this is a, a lesson that I learned um, as I started teaching. You know, like like um, when I had the studio, I was I, I was doing the exact same thing that every designer does. Like, oh, I, I, I am a designer, therefore I am the holder of the aesthetics, and I am this beautiful. Um, unicorn that uh, that understands <laughs> no that what's right and what's wrong what's cool and what's not and you stupid client don't now when it comes you you said oh computer literate but design illiterate mm-hmm. and and that's why we exist the problem is that many designers don't see the that their job is also to to coach them when i started teaching and I was in my early days and I had a student coming to me and say, like, oh, why, why, why do we use this typeface and not that typeface? And I was looking at their work. It was like, just, it's ugly. It was like, why is it <laughs> ugly? And I was like, shit, I never, oops, <laughs> I never know how to answer that question. <laughs> like, why is it ugly? Why doesn't work? And I have a saying that, you know, design is never arbitrary. Most of the people that 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 uh, get together with designer, that's the belief that everything is arbitrary, but nothing is arbitrary in design. We can explain why this color is not right. We had this discussion mm-hmm. the other day and we can say, okay, why don't we create more contrast color on this website that now looks boring and just by changing uh the image in black and white and then adding an accent color the same website that you couldn't actually change transforming something interesting right so this is where the ability to talk them through something comes very handy and this is my endeavor and this is why i i developed the model that i shared with you uh before right yeah, I was going to say it kind of gets back to your earlier point, um, just talking about designing, you know, designing a business, designing also experiences for the client um, and the the process that you're going to walk them through and kind of thinking more about what is going to go into that process and experience and how you can make it more unique. I think it's a, 
a great exercise. <laughs> okay, so let's take a break. Let's make this a small exercise. Um, this matrix is very interesting, the, the value to client and opportunity to pro provide something unique. Uh, but we, we are missing one part, which is how, how do we actually do that? How do we get uh, our client to understand that our product or service is unique? So probably we won't have the time to go through all the questions, but I know you, you already answered some of them. So we're going to take a pause. Uh, you can go on glc.live, download the worksheet that Katie and Chris uh, filled up, and you can analyze with us after uh, how we're going to approach and how we are going to use this five fundamental principle, uh, principles model to to give some direction and develop some strategies with Katie and Chris. This interlude is sponsored by glc.live. Please visit glc.live. That's glc.live. Or Golf Lima, Charlie Lima, India, Victor Eco. Or good lies can live in valleys everywhere. Oh, and one more thing. Don't forget to download the worksheets for this episode. Bye. So, Katie, I believe you, you filled up the model already? Yes, I did. Okay. Can you walk me through your answer in terms of scoring? So, yeah. we'll begin with yeah, character. Let yeah, let me pull it up really quick. Chris hasn't okay. done his homework, never, did you? I never do. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we have to we have to share the burden, so we try and split things up. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, so for character, um, do you want the point totals or the totals for each column? Um, as you like. Okay, so um, for values, we did point five. Um, attitude, I am probably. <laughs> Probably always going to be a one in terms of attitude. <laughs> okay. Um, I have it for details, I did a one. Um, but, but now that we're having this conversation, um, I, I wonder if it's not a 0.5. I think maybe I felt more confident going into some of this. Sure. Um, but that's where we have the discussion. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Um, originality, I put one. Uh, strategy 0.5 so that's four total for character mm -hmm. um do you want me to go through the larger categories or line by line uh, um, i'm trying to compile it so that we have a, a, a view of the of the spider graph um you can give me the the total number if you if that's faster for you uh yeah whatever is whatever is best for you um, Let's the, go through the category so we can talk a little bit about it and maybe we can extract something. Yeah. Okay, okay, for desire? Um, behavior uh, is one. Um, aesthetic, I put zero for right now. <laughs> um, 
purpose, one craftsmanship. Um, this one was kind of hard. Uh, I put zero for now. Um, only because, well, we can, we can talk about that later, I guess. Um, impact 0.5, um, target. Oh, sorry. Moving on to empathy. Um, Mm. for target, I put, uh, zero, um, needs. I put 0.5. Community, uh, zero, which that's kind of a interesting one that we can like unpack too. Mm-hmm. Um, story, I put one, um, recognition, zero. We'll get there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Um, for trust, um, authentic, I put one, competent, point five. Um, honest, I put one reliable 0.5, um, familiar, I put zero. Um, okay. Consistency, uh, status zero image versus identity, um, zero. I think part of that is just that, um, I don't know that we truly have, uh, a identity yet not yet not, not yet soon yeah soon. Uh, yeah soon um collaborative um i put zero for now um human centered uh 0.5 and experimental i put a one all right perfect so if you read a little bit about the um, the introduction about this model, what we are looking for is trying to find areas of improvement and what we would like to have in terms of perfect or ideal scenario is to have all the five elements uh, evenly distributed and the the next part is following a specific uh, development process, right? So with Chris, we we talked extensively about this. So Katie, you are new to it. So I will address the conversation to you a little bit more. If is that okay with you? Yeah, absolutely. So how the model works, and and this comes from my own experiences and Basically, the best work that I have done, whether I believe this was good work or not, demonstrated that had these five principles aligned. And also the best work that I've done was the, the work that I started following this development sequence, starting with character, moving into desire, moving to empathy, uh, then trust and consistency. Now, if we look at your metrics, what we see is you are severely lacking on consistency, which is normal. You're starting up, so you can't be necessarily consistent. Um, You are lacking, and this is, uh, I think, the part that we can discuss a little bit more. On the empathy side, you ranked yourself quite low. And also uh, a little bit lower than the average is trust. Okay. So how does this uh, influence and and how do they correlate? So they correlate on um, 
when we see a lack of empathy, of course, there is a double correlation, right? There is, there is an issue in character and consistency. And this is how do we um, try to solve this, this your uh, ranking from the beginning. So you went out in, in ranking this from, let's say, a gut feeling. We don't necessarily have uh, the actual, mm-hmm. you know, data, but... Um, in reality, some other scores that, for example, character, you know, you scored yourself quite high in, in to a four, I believe, um, which means in reality, if you're not then lacking empathy, this means that your lack of consistency and also your uncertainty on your, your own character as a, as a company is, um, it, it's limiting your empathy and because you are limiting your empathy also your desirability and and um, and you could, we can see this very clearly uh, although consistency is more related about once the the job are up and running you see that your desirability and your empathy are also impacting consistency the most now this seems a little bit esoteric <laughs> I don't know, Katie, are you following me a little bit? No, I am. Yeah, absolutely. So how do we, how do, what's the first step? How do we solve a couple of problems? We point out a couple of, um, of highlights. You were talking about craftsmanship, right? That you were saying, oh, this was hard to answer, right? In the desirability component and also in the concept of community. So let's go back to the very first element. Okay. So you you're saying our value, our values are clearly expressed and understandable. So you, yes and no, but then in terms of attitude, do you have a distinctive attitude and approach? So it's weird when you are ranking this, uh, yes and no, my values are, are, are expressed, but my attitude is it's very strong. So how can you have an attitude if you don't have values? And we have, uh, you know, I we had a little bit longer conversation with Chris and and understanding of what you want to do about this um, collective, right? Mm-hmm. So the beginning component is. Can you, do you believe, and this is for both of you, do you believe that you can craft an offer, whatever that is, that is perceived by your target customer in a unique, unexpected way? Yes, I think we can. Okay. Yeah, my answer to that is absolutely. Awesome. That's the first step. Right. So now can we, can we disclose the, the identity we were uh, chatting about or not yet? The concept. The concept. So the concept of this, and we were discussing and it came out in the name that was digital neighbor. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and this encloses a lot of meaning and this is where your values come, uh, come to play. So if you can build so you, let, let's go one step. What are you actually providing? What services are you actually providing? Let's go with the basics, right? Design, business cards, logos, web design, right? Mm-hmm. Or UI UX. Yep, that's correct. Kitty? 
um, development, uh, basically pretty much end to end. Um, and depending on what type of, um, I guess a lot of it depends on like client needs as well. Um, so whether they need a CMS or not, um, we can do fully custom front end development work though. I think our attitude is also because we see ourselves as a collective, we have the resources or the networking capabilities to find someone that can do any job that someone might approach us with. Do you you see how this conversation that you're having with me is already confusing me? Mm Mm-hmm. So when Katie, you went on ballistic on your technicalities, end to end, total development. I was like, I, n- I don't understand what I'm paying for. What is this CR thing that you told me about? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. No, um, so uh, now, sorry. I guess I misunderstood the question a little bit. I didn't know if we were talking about like specific services or the like concept that we have for our. Doesn't matter if I don't get it, that I'm paying some money for something specific. So the, here is where I'm, oh, I'm, okay. I'm challenging See, I, you. No. Yeah, no. Yeah, absolutely. All the um, things think- that, yeah. So sorry, go on. No, 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 go ahead, please. So all the things that you said you are providing, th- those are technicalities right? Mm-hmm. I'm not paying for a logo. I'm not paying for a website. I'm paying for the result of that. You understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't care about a CRM. I want to know why do I need a CRM? Why, why having this solution that you are providing is going to make me go in vacation in Paris with my wife that I haven't been able to do for 20 years because I was starting up my bakery or, or, or my, uh, my food truck or whatever it is. Right. So when, when you can tap into, and here I'm, I'm working on your empathy, right? Uh, when you're, we talked about target, we talk about what are the needs that you are providing for the, so we are trying to solve the, the, one of the lowest elements that, that you scored yourself, right? 1.5 empathy. We tend to provide, uh, to our clients, the solution that we believe are, are our services. So I'm a, an expert logo designer. I'm an expert web developer, but in reality, what we are trying to sell is the byproduct of these things. And it's, you don't even need to understand it, you know, you just let, and this is where the conversation comes into play. You know how many clients I had in my career that told me, oh, you know, um, I don't know how to use Photoshop, otherwise I will do it myself. You know, have you ever had that? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so yes, you walk away when somebody says something like that, you walk away. No, I'm joking. But, but this is the problem that when you go to a doctor, you don't say like, Oh, I know how to cure myself better. If, if this was the case, you wouldn't go to the doctor. You would go to your shaman and, you know, bath into, into charcoal and you will be fine. And it's the <laughs> same with, with the, with with a service provider you need to understand what do your target or your clients or your partners truly want right so 
when we talk about empathy and community, how do you find this perfect client, right? Let, let, let's imagine our perfect client. Yeah. yeah. It, um, they would tell me exactly what they want and they would pay over the rate. Sure. And but it would be easy. Who, who is he? <laughs> who is he? What does he do? Actually, or? actually, actually, let's, let's make this small exercise that will solve all the, we are, we'll try to address each and every single problem as you describe this perfect client. A perfect client. Um, I'm not sure, Katie, what do you think? Um, let's see. So for me, it's going to be someone that's going to allow us to kind of design the website that we're <laughs> that we're interested in developing um so something that fits our personality and i guess something yeah, that we're interested yeah. in it would probably be something uh a charlotte base that's where we're not from but I, katie's from there but i i am an implant i guess um a small charlotte based i don't know we'll say a restaurant or a coffee shop for an example yeah yeah I'm good with that. With a uh, um, definitely an- definitely small business, I think is more so what I'm interested in doing. Um, so the, what what this perfect client is doing? Let's let's make this exercise. I I think for us. Okay, let me, let me do it then. Okay, then you okay, do it. I'll do it for you. Okay, so I'm the client. So I am a retired um, athlete really cool maybe an extreme athlete something like that you know and i'm opening this super cool shop about the best of the best uh, at leisure but also technical sport uh, is that cool with you katie do you like that oh yeah i'm already on board oh, okay so i am this amazing shop let's call it uh, the extreme shop right <laughs> and I have all sorts kinds of things, cool tees, amazing sneakers, um, running gear, um, but the, also this, this kind of hipster vibe meets skater, but also hip hop, but something like that. Something really, really, really cool. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So now what do I need? So I, I heard from a friend that there are two, these two people that are really cool and they can help me put my shop on the map. And I, I come to meet you. What do you say? I think we'd uh, ask about what, what you're looking for. And I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a retired athlete, right? I, have, I know how to buy clothing and i know how you know i have a very strong personality and um, and i made a beautiful shop i think in, yeah so f- oh go ahead uh in terms of technically we'd definitely be looking at e-commerce in this situation and i guess the first steps would be for katie and i to understand their company from our own perspectives and see what um needs they have and i guess the first thing we would go on is e-commerce and see if that's something that they're interested in. And I don't know, Katie, what do you think? I guess I'm wondering, does this person already have like branding done? Um, Do they have like a clear vision of what their business 
wants to be because I'm not sure how we could take it to like a digital space. Um, if, if they're not sure, um, it would make it a different kind of project, I think, or a different type of conversation so to start out with. Um, I, I want to meet you for coffee. We are at the Starbucks in Charlotte and hi, nice to meet you. I'm Lucas ex extreme athlete. <laughs> How do you start the conversation? I think we have to ask the client. I, I mean, in, in all my experiences, clients have always come to me and I've never had to pitch. And I think that's something we're learning. We've been learning I, I in class. came to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if when usually when they come to us, they have a problem that they need to be solved. And I and okay. if they can't communicate it, I guess we have to dig and try to figure out why. So why this is the first us. step, right? When When we look at the empathy target, we are clearly identified a specific and unique target. So the first step that you um, that you identify with this kind of client, I'm, I'm the perfect client. First of all, you need to acknowledge that I'm the perfect client, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, Katie? Yes. Okay, I am perfect. Why? Because I'm a virgin business, if you want. I'm starting off just as much as we are starting off right we are extremely in line together because we are cool kids yeah. right and uh, you are a cool shop and this is amazing because we can do so much stuff together we should begin with understanding how do you communicate with other people like us no set goal then the famous say people like us do things like this so you know Lucas, this is, you know, I'm, I'm playing Chris now. You know, Lucas, wouldn't it be so cool if, you know, all these young skaters can actually order on the go uh, your T-shirts because they just ripped their T-shirts or they are uh, on the other side of town and, and their board break, but they have, you know, they want to finish their, um, their runs. Wouldn't it be cool that they can order the, the board and somebody with a super cool black um, van branded with your Lucas shop shows up at the at the park and 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 delivers the the board. Wouldn't that be cool? Let's say that now Chris you are the my client and I'm you. Wouldn't that be cool? Yes. That would be interesting. Interesting. We can make it happen. Mm -hmm. What well, you see, Katie, what I've done? Yes. Did I talk about uh, e-commerce? No. No. Did I talk about CRM? <laughs> no. What did I painted? Uh, you uh, found a, I would say, like space. You created a space, uh, like of interest. Exactly. So, based on their business model. Exactly. So you created a vision. So I don't know mm -hmm. what I want because yeah, website, what kind of web, do I need a website when I have my Instagram account? My daughter, you know, is super good with Instagram. She's nine, right? <laughs> <laughs> because this is what you start uh, challenging with and, and it's, it's okay. But if you can transform that relationship, and try to create those visions, the problems that you had uh, 
with that client probably and i'm not sure because i am not in your shoes but i i have few years under my mm-hmm. belt so i can assume that you didn't actually picture and and understood what this person was actually looking for or you haven't been communicating well enough how impactful your your services and and products will will generate for them because now if i'm back in in the shoes of and this is all working towards empathy what have you done uh we talked about the target not the your target necessarily but the target of my client right so you are you are opening up their vision on how you can serve the people that you want to serve what are the need no do we have a clear vision which needs we are providing for what what needs we are providing for you are making this shop even more accessible to the masses because when you talk about digitalizing this when you're talking about creating a brand when you're talking about creating a campaign basically you are saying i'm going to help you to become popular i'm going to spread your voice this is what we do we are communicators right or communication artists if you want stories no have we crafted the story an engaging spreadable story about our business or product now if we can create that story for the lucas shop for example now we have our own story you know we help this this shop to become from a small town shop to become this amazing buzz in charlotte news because these black vans run around the uh, the town all the time just serving kids whatever it is you know and recognition that we provided our target with a symbol a mantra and a cause so this is not only your own identity but wh- what do you what's your mantra we are serving the community now what's your cause we want to make every single small business an interesting business not as successful because this doesn't depend on you right if they screw up their pricing or if they screw up their customer service for example um this is not something that you can control but you can help them right katie when you talk about crm and you have this amazing bakeries just run by grannies right we are I'm making another example and this is where we move from empathy to consistency when when you have this amazing bakery what's happening at one point sales go down because these grannies are becoming um not friendly let's say okay <laughs> customer service problem so look dude i love your pastries but every time you know there is a queue i need and you treat me badly if i ask for an extra napkin you look me badly or something like that now how do you solve this problem once again it's not a tech problem it's a human problem i i just uh, wrote an essay and i closed my section by saying every business problem is a design problem because fundamentally is a human problem and and if we can solve the human problem behind then we solve the design problem and therefore we dis- we resolve the business problem you understand what i mean so what happens is that how do you solve this business problem of okay my customer service sucks i know chris is is 
uh, strong on customer service. We are having this discussion <laughs> about Chick Fil A. They're coming to. Um, he's coming to America next week. Yeah, for a, a SCAD Pro um, with Microsoft, which is really cool for the team that won. And uh, I've been hyping up Chick Fil A and their customer service. They're all really <laughs> excited to try it out. <laughs> <laughs> It was my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so it comes out, you know, we are now in this bakery shop once again, similar client, same, perfect client, and they have a problem of customer service. You're not solving with it. If you come to me or if you come to the granny's shop and you start pitching, oh, we're going to have a website, they're going to be scared. And you say, you know what? I understand you're 95. You don't want to deal with this little punk asking you a scheme, caramel, almond, latte with, you know, on the side, some stevia because I can't have sugar. You don't want to deal with that. And I get it. I understand your needs. So what if through an app you just receive a specific list of things you just do it and you don't interact with them they just come to the counter and pick it up does it make sense does this solve the yeah. customer service problem yeah. yes and you yeah. are yet you are not pitching the crm you are pitching right how you can solve their human problems so everything states from there and when we talk about consistency and we say what's the status we have crafted an overall experience surrounding our product or service does it grant status yes you, you score yourself with zero but if you approach and your character is there your desirability is there why people want to come in and work with you maybe because you are cheaper than the big companies maybe just because we are the same kind of people and we like to work you know if i'm a runner i want to deal with other runners right if i am from probably you know if i'm starting my own bakery shop and i'm uh, 25 years old i would rather work with another 25 years old mm -hmm. that understands me that understand the problems now the big problem with this is that you need to demonstrate your value how do you give me something that i cannot find on fiverr that i cannot do we we had this extensive discussion right with chris about why should i have a website if i can use squarespace or wix or an, any other template service because you can add a layer to it right and this layer is going to be quickly done and i'm going to solve a real life problem and this is my your status as a company and the fact that people are granting People that are working with you, you are creating a network. So, you know, if I'm the granny shop and I'm old, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to make you connect with Lucas shop, which is super cool, but they do need coffee and croissant. So now by, by connecting you guys, I can actually create a synergy and, and because we create this synergy now the granny shop becomes a cool shop mm. and the lucas shop can have coffees and mm -hmm. and croissant now i'm painting once again some pictures but the fact that people are working with you and they are tapping into your network if that's what you're trying to to do this is an advantage this is where you grant status your image and identity 
you know what does it mean to differentiate your image is how you look your identity is what do you stand for what do you stand for when we were discussing about digital neighbor it was the concept of neighbor was really cool like who's in i want to be your best neighbor you know we can have really bad neighbors or we can have the the good ones the good ones are the one that you know they 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 mow your lawn when you are away or they bring you cookies because the grandma made more and this is the feeling that you need to pervade through your company nowadays it's very 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 rare that we can pitch something that people are absolutely uh, astonished with you know what i mean yeah yes. so so everybody can do a website everybody can do a logo you can i mean if you look every youtube video of wix and it was like oh there is a wix logo maker and uh, i die inside a little bit mm-hmm. every time no. <laughs> yeah because you know this this is a 40 year not 40 years but a, a good 25 years 30 years of my craft and i'm like oh my god and they are doing it and they are like oh it looks pretty good and it's true <laughs> i mean and, and it's totally fine and i understand that there are people which they feel contempt with what they have and it's not bad i mean i've seen much worse logos right and i'm, I'm reflecting this on me now but when you come to to somebody like you know my old studio or 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 me for consulting is 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 different it's like you need to want something made by hand this is why you go to a tailor and you don't buy zara or h&m and there is uh, and it, it's okay to go to mcdonald's is totally fine but sometimes you want you know if you're on a date you you need to go to the fancy <laughs> restaurant you know what i mean yeah, absolutely. I think uh, part of this for me has, it kind of goes back to our earlier discussion about um, just communication and how to best communicate with clients. And it's kind of showing me that I, I've obvi- I very obviously uh, been getting into the weeds a little bit too much about here is exactly how I will be executing um, your vision as opposed to how can we talk about a shared vision or um, kind of collaborate and create uh, new ideas and actually be a business partner. Um, Yeah, it's, I think, I think there's a lot of pressure to feel like you need to explain the how. Um, I don't know, Chris, if you share the same kind of, I guess maybe tension sometimes with clients or. Yeah. I think it's easy to use our expertise as a, a right. reasoning when we're not, when we should be um, using empathy instead. And what is the thing I think why we're trapped in this hole is you always talk about a screwdriver. Can you explain yeah. that really quickly? Uh, you, you need to be a driver, not a screwdriver because most of, uh, I read this sentence and I actually don't know where I got it from. <laughs> So I'll make it mine. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, so the, the thing is, if you, if you are just a tool, right? So I need you, Katie, to code this thing for me, right? You're not adding any value. You're just a tool, right? But you need to be, instead of, you need to be the driver of the conversation. 
you have this is something that a great account manager walked uh, told me you said every meeting you need to walk away with 25% more than what they wanted <laughs> right and and <laughs> and that's interesting because at the beginning of my career my goal was closing the sale you know when i didn't have an account manager i had to go and 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 close the deals and for for me it was oh, i need to close the deal you know i need that three thousand dollars five thousand dollars to pay the bills and then i met this amazing account manager said every time you walk into a meeting whatever they say you need to come by come back with 25 percent more and now suddenly it wasn't about closing the meeting or closing the deal it was about getting that extra 25 so they were they were saying you know oh well we have our budget is 10 and i had to go out with enough work for 12.5 and so okay yes and yes. that changed my mindset you know why because i was not even questioning the fact that we were going to close the deal for me it was about how do i get that 2.5 extra so the fact of closing the deal was already done in my head and it worked surprisingly well not always of course but but in those cases that didn't work i just i didn't get the job at all so that probably wasn't a fit uh, that client exactly. wasn't yeah. a fit for for the company or that you know i have a lot of people coming to me especially now when i do public speaking and oh i love your work on your studio can can you make a logo for five thousand i was like i don't do that anymore uh, and, and it's not about it's, it's just it's not a fit i'm i'm not refusing anything it's just like i like i said my time uh is more valuable than that and it's not because i don't want to do the five thousand dollar logo it's just i don't have the actual time to do it or or my time is better used to have this conversation with you guys mm -hmm. so that's that's the approach so once you you sh you can take um the rest of the um of the uh, worksheets and you can fill out a little bit more uh, questionnaires about to, to help you think this is this tool that i made you compile doesn't need to be a perfect formula it's a thinking tool mm -hmm. now you can develop your own strategy by saying okay have i focused on do do i understand what do i stand for what are my values in the character how do i convey these values so that these values are embraced and this my values are the same values of other people value which makes me desirable right katie are you still there <laughs> yes i am i am and then once i know my values i understand that i can communicate this value so that makes me desirable how do i actually understand how what is it that people are yearning for and this makes me empathetic like we just did the example of of you know the the extreme sports shop or the granny shop now the fact that you understand me automatically builds trust you know, you, you spend an hour with me and, and Katie, I never physically met you. Do you trust me? Yes. Why? Because I try to understand your own problem, right? 
So this yeah. is how you build trust, you know, through the character, the desirability, the empathy, and then you build trust. Now that you build this trust, you can constantly renew these values by saying, hey, by the way, now we are to the, our next level. We are not going to offer you only the CRM and the website, but we just got on board our friend Patrick the, or Gary, which is the an amazing videographer. And now we can, you know, push you to the next level because you can communicate even broader. And and people will listen because now you are just saying, Hey, I'm doing this for you because I want I care about your personal development. And this is really hard because we don't have to manufacture that empathy or that consistency. You know, you truly need to care because at one point you truly care. Once you decide to take a job whatever that is uh, there is there is a moment where you truly care the 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 part that gets frustrating is when the designer cares more about the business than the business owner sometimes <laughs> because <laughs> because we believe it's like oh why why you are using such a bad color or why you're using such a bad um, typeface you don't care about your business it's not that they don't care. They don't understand. We go back to the original question of, are you educating them? Mm -hmm. Right? Is there any other comment that I can help you with? Or any concerns? Um, oh my goodness. I mean, now I just want to go through each one of these little. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's, that's, that's the goal. <laughs> Um, no, I think it, it's, been, been... it's been pretty eye-opening. Um, I think as a young designer, when I, what I like about that screwdriver metaphor is that we're so, and as a developer, we're so reactive in not being proactive in our situation. So someone comes to us with a website and we're just like, yes, we can do it. And then we let them, we're not being proactive in thinking about the, thinking about more than just the brief that they're giving us. And so that has been pretty helpful. And I do see the benefits of how not only we can make more money and get more business, but how our work is more meaningful. And if we think about it, because I don't even think for the clients that me and Katie and I have had, we think past the point of delivery for any of them. We just think, oh, they need a website, they need X, Y, Z, um, and we'll deliver it to them by this date. But we've never had a discussion about what more we could do for the client or where this project like if we had an unlimited budget and unlimited time how far could we push this project and then being able to verbalize that to our client and so that's exactly. pretty interesting to think about in that in that light yeah thinking about the client beyond the um project that we have been contracted for is definitely going to change the way that we have been i guess operating mm -hmm. um and it it also changes and it expands our network, like you were saying, which is going to be extremely useful. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in um, Chris and I going back through the um, worksheet together too and kind of just seeing, okay, like these are some of our pain points and how can we expound upon some of these things. Um, consistency is, I think, going to be a a big one for us too. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and if, so if we want to 
you know, wrap it up in, in three key points and that, that what we discuss is, you know, push your work and our work needs to be truly meaningful, mm-hmm. right? And it needs to create something of value and share value, recognize value. So the, the first step is you need to dig deeper on, on what truly is the value of, of what you're doing. I think, sorry, um, beyond that too is, I've had so many clients where it is just like they need a screwdriver and that's fine because it pays great. But I think an exercise we can do is to think, even though I've done this project a million times and I know they want it this way, at least take a minute or two to think about how I can push beyond that because we're always going to get those clients that are, I need this and that's what I need and and there's no negotiating and that's fine. But I think that's a interesting idea to always think about what more we could do and you don't even have to tell them it's just yeah, for yeah. our own um pushing our own boundaries absolutely uh, you know we yeah. had we, yes we had this discussion uh, uh before and I, I always knew when i was designing and when i was decorating mm. and it's it's fine i've I, i'm not rejecting the that part of my job no i i've made good money by decorating and mm-hmm. i always bring this example that when i'm decorating and sometimes i have to decorate what do i do i i go with my little book and i open up the book and i say okay what kind of logo do you like square rectangulars <laughs> you know and they pick and then okay what type would you like and they pick and what color do you like and they pick now the difference between me and that software that does it uh automatically i don't understand what it is when it when this is the case but if they are willing to pay me to do that i'm happy to but you need to you need to um you need to know what you're doing this is the other point we get frustrated when our expectations aren't met so if we are hired to be a decorator or or as you said you know you're just executing something mm-hmm. it's okay as soon as mm-hmm. you are as soon as we are on the same page as soon as we uh we agree on this so i really recap <laughs> <No>? so our <laughs> work needs to be truly meaningful push beyond the scope of the work to understand the true value of our work and the third part is also don't be exploited you know um in a way in all this conversation and i heard this conversation done most of the time but work is work business is business so you also need to be very clear on what are the boundaries of your commitment no so if your contract says three variations it's three variations Mm -hmm. you know so or three reviews it's three reviews and it's okay to do a fourth but we need to agree at the beginning that that fourth is going to be paid Mm -hmm. and let me i can guarantee you that because it's the design most of the time is subjective and especially when you have this kind of clients that don't necessarily know what they want then you can put on a page whatever you like and they will no, do it again do it again do it again do it again until they don't feel contempt but that's because they don't know exactly what they want or most importantly they don't know what their need what they need so this is where you know your entrepreneurship needs to begin and 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 set boundaries saying okay it's three variation it's three variation i'm happy to do five i'm happy to do ten but those extra ones they need to be paid and they are Mm going to be paid 
on an hourly base mm -hmm. and if so if this variation uh, this modification uh, it's going to take me two and a half hours you're going to pay by the hour and it's it's just fair you know if you go to a doctor they they start the the counter uh, so why you, you shouldn't do the same with the designer you know there is a little bit of flexibility there is a little bit of back and forth but you need to set up these boundaries any other comment guys um, I would only, I only have like one question, I guess, based sure. on what you just said, how do you, um, kind of, I guess, balance that, like, want to, uh, like be the creative and do, uh, like execute your vision, um, and the confines of like a quoted time, um, while also, like you said, not being exploited. A contract is an agreement, right? We agree that we, and this is this is an, an example that I'm going to use that is specific. So you have been very, very generous with your time, right? And, and we were supposed to talk for half an hour and then we are talking about an hour. <laughs> now, if, <laughs> if, if, if this was the opposite, right? If you were interviewing me and I said, Chris, I'm going to give you 35 minutes and, and that's it because I have other things to do. You wouldn't be, uh, disappointed with at 34 minutes, 30, uh -huh. I say, okay, guys, sorry. Um, I, this has been wonderful, but I need to leave. And you know, because the, the, the it was clear from the beginning. I said, I'm going to give you 35 minutes of my time. And then, and it's fine. You won't feel bad unless I, I've been extremely rude. But if I'm being gentle and, and honest <laughs> with you, you, you will say, okay, I'm sorry. And, and when the timer ticks on 35, you will say, okay, thank you, Gianluca, for being here. I need to say bye now. And, and that's the same. So you can always execute your vision as soon as you have permission to. Because not also um, the it's very it took me ten years before people came to me and they were saying okay do what you do I trust you completely I've seen your work and just do it and and I was terrified that the first time that happened I felt so much more pressure on me <laughs> than than I used to do <laughs> because then when that happens. It's actually not so pleasant, uh, Katie, because we have this myth in our head that it's going to be beautiful to do whatever we like. But just remember the last time you have done your own personal branding, how that was painful. And you are your own client. Right. That right. is painful. You know why? Because you're the worst client ever because you're never contempt. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think every creative at one point has, has done their portfolio or their own personal branding or whatever. Now, I believe we need to break this myth of, uh, oh, we are doing this. I, I want to execute my vision. Your vision, most of the time, is a collective of your client's vision and your own vision. So you, we, we humans, we react to inputs 
right? So whenever the client gives you an input, you react to that and you start having your ideas. So without that input, it's much harder. So, and it happened to me, it happened to me with a big client that says, look, I have, you know, this much budget, uh, six figure budget and do what you want. And I was terrified because it's that I have no clue of what I'm going to do. And so I had to really collect, luckily for me, I was surrounded by the amazing creatives and we started brainstorming, but I was reacting to other people's input. So basically my own creative team became my client and then we had to pitch to the client. So I think there is a little bit of a myth there, you know, so you, yeah. you need to execute your vision within the limitation of your time and money. And it's okay. And, and you can, the thing here is that it's the long game, you know, you need to be also aiming for developing yourself into this amazing creative and this amazing, um, professional that you, you are, and you will stop that when you are hopefully 105. <laughs> now, we, we also are so in such a rush of, of trying to get there. And, and the problem is that there is nowhere, you know, that like, we don't know where there is. Oh, we need to do what, you know, like, uh, ev every year I teach, um, my, my intro classes, some, some students said, Oh, professor, when will I become as good as you? And, and, and I say, I hope, Never, because <laughs> I will stop learning when I die, hopefully, right? I, I can't wait. The moment I stop learning and I stop uh, trying new things uh, is, is the time where I'm gone. So I think, I think this is the, the last, the last, uh, the final statement, you know? So we never stop growing. And so you just need to take the steps. And, and the fact that, uh, within these steps, you're going to be surrounded by interesting people that will appreciate your work. It's a beautiful thing. And you're going to create some cool stuff and you're going to create some not so cool stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and it's fine, you know? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and then at one point, there is also another thing that I do want to talk to you guys about. And, and then I, I really need to uh, let, uh, let you go. Um, there is no breakthrough. This, this idea that there is one single event in, in anybody's life that is going to make or break your life. It's not true. <laughs> I mean, it could happen, you know, okay, if you win the lottery, that's a big <laughs> breakthrough. But in general, <laughs> if, if we look at our career, uh, there is no breakthrough is, is, is a sum, it's a sum of little wins, no little things, plus little thing, plus little thing, plus little thing. And then you developed, you don't, you never necessarily break through. If you talk and, and I had this in this specific example, um, I was having this conversation with some interesting street artists and, and one of them told me this, it's like, there is no breakthrough is, is, is a, is a, is a sum of little things. 
And I think our work is the same, you know, and these little things will lead you to another one. And then finally, one day you're going to work for Nike, but it's not going to happen overnight. And it's, it's, there is, there are some steps that are going to lead you there and you need to just t- take these steps, you know, so, and, and get your, uh, be a little bit mindful about this and just build it step by step and continue doing it better. You know, this client wasn't so good for you. Awesome. He taught you a lot. Mm-hmm. So now you know what not to do next time. And that's it. So thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, Katie, for being up so late. <laughs> uh, if you want to find you guys, where can we find you? Um. Well, nowhere right now. Nowhere right now. Soon. Yeah, working on so, that branding. Okay. So as soon as the brand is, is released, I will make sure to yeah, add the we'll, link. We'll get back to you. Uh, to add the link to you, your f- wonderful services. And uh, thank you guys. It was, uh, it was wonderful to have you. I hope uh, I, I help you out a little bit. Thank you. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, thank you so much for the for the insight. <laughs> You're very welcome. GLC Live is produced by Gary Moran. Special thanks to Chris Villela and Katie Atwell. I'm Gianluca Cinque Palmi. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. For references and links, please visit glc.live. Bye. Bye.